Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection, every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710. We're at Bellevue Square Center Court. Where else would we be? I'm Michael Bumas. I'm with Paul Moyer, and we got a nice little crowd in front of us. What's up? How we doing, people? How we doing? Doing well. You know what? You know who else is doing well? Who's that? Them Seahawks, man. Four and three. Geno Smith is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We might have found one of the best running backs in the league. I think Mm. that's official. We Mm. have one of the best rookie classes in the league. Where do we start, Moyer? Where do we start? Are they, well, first, do you think they're the surprise team of the NFL? It's them and the team we're going to play this weekend. The Giants, yeah, yeah six and one, and um, yeah, the Giants. Look, they're a good team. We're going to have to play well. We're going to have to beat them. Uh, you, know, you watch them on film. Nothing great, right? Nothing bad. Uh, you, they're just a really well coached team. Run the football unbelievably. They're, they're rushing 170 yards a game. That's going to be a challenge. It's been a bit of our Achilles heel. Uh, but I, I truly believe we have more athletes by a long shot. I believe we're a better team right now. I mean, Geno has been the story, but I think the Seahawks at four and three is, is definitely a story as well. And what we kind of were kidding around a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Can we win the NFC West? Real possibility Man, now. There's a, there's no doubt in my mind. I, and when I say that, I go, there's no doubt in my mind that we can compete for it. Right. Got to play well. I mean, the 49ers, you know, obviously getting McCaffrey and with their defense are tough. But I think the Rams are, man, they're, they're going to they're gonna have a hard time uh, winning the NFC West with their offensive line. I think Arizona is just an incomplete team. Let's highlight some of the, the playmakers from last week. We had, what, three sacks against the Los Angeles Chargers. Going into that game, they only gave up seven sacks. You got a sack by Quentin, Riff, uh, Quentin Jefferson. You got a sack by Daryl Taylor. And then you also have a sack by, who was the third one? Man, I'm blanking right now. DT, Quentin Jefferson, and... Was it Nwosu? I don't know who it was. Anyway, we have three sacks against the Los Angeles Chargers. They only gave up seven. You have a turnover, a pick by Ryan Neal, who we're going to see later on today. And this defense held the Los Angeles Chargers to 53 yards rushing. Now, that's saying a lot and not saying a lot because the Chargers only average about 33, 93 yards per game rushing, held them to 53. Um, Eckler still got his in the past game. He had 12 for about 96 yards in the touchdown and a rushing touchdown. But overall, we're looking at this defense and we're saying, okay, we're getting better. We're getting better. What the haters are going to say is that, well, you look good against the Chargers. You look good against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't care. You still look good. This defense is taking steps in the right direction. Well, the Chargers were foreign to, uh, you know, very good defense. Uh, I was impressed what we did offensively versus them. Defensively, look, we, we got, I think, eight or nine quarterback hits on Herbert. He, he doesn't allow that. I mean, he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. Um, they had Keenan Allen back. They had Williams. They had all their their guys, and it was by far our best performance. Now, look, the Chargers don't try to run the football. Right. I mean, it's just it's the weirdest thing to me. I don't know why they don't, but mm-hmm. they, they don't. But it doesn't matter. It was Al Woods was the, the other one who had the, the, the sack. 
Um, and, but I just thought it was a complete game for us as a team, both offensively, defensively, and even special teams. Right. Our best football, we've been talking about this a lot. Look, we got seven rookies, six really, but potentially seven rookies that are, are either starting or giving us some quality time. We're just going to get better. Geno Smith is just going to get better. I mean, we already know he can spin it. We know his decision-making. Now he's comfortable in the offense. He's truly a starter. Um, this this is going to be an exciting season for us. Also, what I liked about last week is that, unfortunately, we saw DK go down. Yeah. Right, we'll see if he plays this week. Hasn't practiced all week. They're being optimistic, but I say sit him down, let him rest as long Agree. as he needs because you need him for the long run. But we saw Marquise Goodwin show up. Mm-hmm. He had two touchdowns. And I was asked earlier on the on the Bump and Stacey show, they're like, is this offense going to change with DK not being in it? I go, well, personnel will change because you're not going to have number 14 out there. But the way that Shane Waldron calls games, it's not like you're just dependent on 14. Now, you love 14. He will make big plays for you. But you got three tight ends who get involved. Marquis Goodwin stepped up. We've seen a little bit of D. Eskridge. We've seen Tyler Lockett. Like There are so many other options on this offense to where not having DK will be felt, but I feel like because of the way the game is called, this offense will still be able to do a lot of the things that they did with DK. Yeah, I, th- I think the big one will be what defenses do to us. I mean, when, when you've got DK out there, we, we pretty much know they're going to slide their safety over there, try to help over the right. top. Um, but Goodwin probably beats DK in a 40-yard dash. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he beats him in a 100. Because uh, <laughs> DK, you know, as he picks up yeah. speed, he, yeah. he's incredible. But Goodwin's speed is still elite. Uh, we just saw what Kenneth Walker the third. not only is he capable, but what he is. He is the most electric running back the Seahawks have ever had. And I'm not That's even, big. I'm not, I'm not, More I'm not exaggerating. Marshawn. He's the most electric running back the Seahawks have ever had. He's the most complete running back the Seahawks have ever had. And we've had some good ones. I mean, Kurt Warner back in the 80s was incredible. Um, then we had Chris Warren. He was incredible. And obviously you had um, uh, Sean Alexander. And then you had uh, Marshawn. And then you had Penny. All of them had uh, strengths. I, I think Kurt Warner might have been probably the most complete of those four. Mm-hmm. They all had a an element that they were strong in. Kenneth Walker the third can do anything. He one he makes people miss. We haven't had someone who makes people miss in the hole who could do a jump, step back, cut, and then get around the corner like everybody standing still. He's strong for a guy who's five foot nine and a half, five foot ten. Yeah, he can actually break tackles and run over people when need be. The thing that I think can help us with DK being out. Let's get him involved in a passing game. He had no targets last week. Let's get him in a bubble screen. Let's get him in a screen. Let's. I hate empty backfield. You, you brought this up earlier. <laughs> I hate it. But with him split out wide and you could just release everybody and get him one-on-one with a linebacker, There's no nobody's going to tackle him one-on-one in the open field. Agreed. So, um, look, it, we're just going to keep getting better. Our offensive line is improving. I'd, I'm, I'm hoping we can get... Lewis and and um, Phil Haynes. I don't know what the status is on Phil Haynes. He went out with a bit of a probably not playing this week. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is Her the hand one. filled in for a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, we had Curran. He, he he did okay, but he, he struggled a little bit in the pass and pass protection. Um, but again, I, I feel pretty good about our offensive line. We're we're going to score points, even though the Giants are going to make us work for everything. Yeah. All right. Before we talk to Paul Schwartz from the New York Post, that's what we have coming up next. Let's talk about these Giants real quick. 
They're a sneaky little team, man. Mm-hmm. They're 6-1. and one. Jones has somehow conducted five game-winning drives this season. Now, his best season of his career was his rookie season through for over 3,000 yards, about 24 touchdowns, 11 to 13 picks. Uh, but he's been doing it differently this year. He is a mobile quarterback. When I thought of Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones from Duke, I did not think of a mobile quarterback. But this guy's added something to his game, and Dable's done a great job over there. It's keeping these guys competitive. They've come back in the fourth quarter in almost all of their games. They got a one-point win, a two-point win, a three-point win, a five-point win. They're a scrappy little bunch we got over there, Moore. Yeah, you, you watch them, and again, they're, they're not great at anything. But they're not bad at anything. And it's kind of a Pete Carroll type of team where most teams will mess it up. They'll lose it first. They, they don't lose it. Um, Daniel Jones, he's not going to beat us with his with his arm. He's gonna, he can beat us with his legs if, if possible. I mean, Barkley is... Uh, he is who he is. And again, we, we're going to have to bow up this week right. along the way. But if we get out in front of these guys early, and to me, look, last week they had no business beating Jacksonville. None. I don't even know how they I had to go back and rewatch it again. <laughs> I go, wow, they won that game. And they've done that a bunch this, this, this season. Uh, their, their one real big win probably was Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, their one loss was against Dallas. To me, they really haven't played anybody yet. This, the Giants, this will be the best team I think that they've played. And that means the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm not so sure this isn't the best team the Seahawks have played. Uh, at least, you know, it's a team that won't give it up. So uh, it's going to be a great game, probably come down to the fourth quarter. And uh, I believe our quarterback's better than theirs, and I think the Seahawks win this game. I'm with you. I think the Seahawks win this game. I think they have to do one thing. They Well, obviously a lot of things to win a football game, but the main thing I feel like they have to do is be good tacklers. Yes. You cannot get Saquon Barkley wrapped up and let him loose. You cannot get Saquon Barkley one-on-one on the perimeter with space all around him and let him work. There was a play early in the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, they toss a little swing over there to Saquon in space. One guy ain't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So you need several to corral this man because he is that special. He's healthy. He missed a lot of games last week because of an ankle, or excuse me, last year because of an ankle. He's at that ACL. I watch him on film, and he looks like that rookie that we saw at Penn State a few years back. You know what, though? I, I like our rookie better. You like him better. I, I I'm like with you. Guy I'm with you. So let's let, have at it. Two teams that are very balanced, equal. It's going to be a really good football game. All right, should be a good one. When we return, we're going to talk to Paul Schwartz from the New York Post. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection every Thursday on 710. Right here, we are at Bellevue Center Court, and right now, we got Paul Schwartz for the New York Post on the line. Paul, how you doing? Guys, how you doing? Getting ready for my long, long trip out west. Out west, hey, we can't wait to see you. I was saying, and, and we can't thank you enough for staying up this late with definitely, us. Definitely, definitely. Late night for you, Paul. We appreciate you. Hey, come man, on, t- it's only 10.15. It's not that late. I'm not an old hey. man here. Hey. Well, we, 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 COVID pushed everybody <laughs> about an hour or two earlier to go to bed, so just just checking on you. I'll, hey, I'll Paul, try to uh, stay up and all things, yeah. We appreciate you. Let, let's talk about these uh, New York football giants, man. 
Uh, no one expected the season that they're having. They are 6-1. and one. I look at their schedule. I look at the way that they're winning games. And uh, I got to tip my hat to culture. I, I really feel like Dable's done a great job of getting these guys to buy in and believe that no matter what the score is, they're going to be able to pull one off. How, how do you feel about that? I feel you're 100% right. I mean, coaching really matters in this league. Uh, this roster is is really lacking in a lot of places. I mean, just look and look at their stats. You know, I mean, their stats in so many ways add up to a team that's just going to be, be a 500 or under 500 team, you know, giving up 144 rushing yards per game. You know, they scored 23 points in the first quarter. But they're outscoring teams 58 to 22 in the fourth quarter. And they are not turning the ball over. You know, Daniel Jones was a turnover machine early in his career. He's got four turnovers in seven games, which is excellent. Um, they're saving their best for last. Yeah, Brian Dable and certainly Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, are, are really, really, um, they're doing, they're squeezing everything possible out of a roster that, you know, is really in the first year of a complete rebuild. You know, Joe, you watch them, uh, watch their last two games and defensively. Man, they get after you. I mean, they're, they're, they're tight in coverage. You watch them in the run defense, and you go, it's really sound. And then you look at statistically, and you go, they're 28th. By the way, Seahawks are 29th. Um, is it because of a couple of big plays? Was there one game that, that skews those stats? Because it doesn't look like they're a bad run defense. Well, I mean, um, you know, I think they're, they're the, they might be the worst team in the league at first down. You know, their first down defense is poor. Um so, you know, it's amazing. We're talking, and, and they are 6-1. and one. They have one of the best records in the league, but um, they have deficiencies. Their inside linebackers have been problems. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, if, uh, one of their first-round picks a few years ago, was probably the best year of his career. Leonard Williams is a terrific player inside, but he was hurt for three games, so that was, that was um, a problem. They don't have great defensive line depth. Um, you know, Wink Martindale uh, pressures more than any coordinator in the league. That's helped. He has done – Wink Martindale said last week, you know, in Jacksonville, he did more situational football than he ever has in any game of his career. He basically, down by down, snap to snap, he didn't have a base in there. You know, he was – okay, it, 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 it's second and seven, this group. He was just, he was just manipulating it as hard as he can because he knows he can't just throw guy out throw guys out there and have them just line up and you know and beat the other team so um, look it's going to come back to at some point you know you, you can't keep winning this way you know they win every close game the first game of the season in Nashville against the Titans who back then we thought you know they were the, the number one seed in the AFC last year they play a game just like they played the last few years the Titans go down Wink's defense does not stop them they line up for a 47-yard field goal, and they miss it. And the last five years, the guy makes the field goal, and they're hard luck losers. Um, they were fortunate winners in that in that first game, and everything is kind of snowballed from there. Paul, tell me about Danny Dimes. One, do you guys still call him Danny Dimes, or are we late? No, I mean, that, that's, you know, he doesn't even know. When anyone asks him about Danny Dimes, he said, well, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. He never really embraced that. Um, I think we should, should call him uh, Danny Legs. Danny Legs is Danny better than legs. Danny Dimes, right? I like How that. About, you know, yeah, let's, Danny talk, let's talk legs. about 
Danny, Danny Longlegs. Danny Longlegs. That's even better. Look at yep. you, Paul. I, I see you, baby. Um, yep. Let's talk about Daniel Jones, man. He has five game-winning drives through seven games this season. That's the most through seven games since 1950. What is it about this guy? I know we talk about his legs. He rushed for over 100 yards last week with 11 carries, a season high. Also threw for 200 yards and a touchdown. I'm not going to overwhelm you with his numbers, but what is it about this guy that keeps them competitive? Well, not overwhelming you with his numbers. He's probably got the worst collection of wide receivers in the league. Okay, so let's remember that. He's got a great running back. He has marginal tight ends. The best one was a rookie named Daniel Bellinger. He's out for a while. He got poked in the eye. It was really nasty last week. So, you know, this is a guy who's not operating with a lot around him. Look, he's been through the ringer, right? He came in with Pat Shermer. This is his This is his fourth year. It's his third head coach and his fourth offensive coordinator. Right? That is a recipe for failure as a quarterback. And this is a whole new system. Brian Dable's system is, is very new. He's got a new offensive coordinator in Mike Kafka. He's a smart guy. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, he, the teammates gravitate towards him. He's got um, less charisma in the locker room with the media than Eli Manning did. And Eli Manning, who we all know now, is, you know, Mr. Personality. He was not Mr. Personality with the media. You know, I, I like Daniel, but Daniel is um, purposely bland with us. You know, he, he, he's got more to offer, but he doesn't do it. Um, he's a really good athlete. You know, he's a big guy, 6'5", 220, but he can really run. Um, I think he's always been accurate. Uh, he had trouble processing, I think. He wasn't quick. You know, he wasn't one of those quick switch quarterbacks he wasn't very um um you know he couldn't make things up on the fly that much but he's really good as a runner he's really good at play fakes and let's face it when you have a weapon like saquon barkley those play fakes work saquon barkley has really not been healthy for any of daniel jones's career before this it makes a big difference well, let's talk about that running game because they're averaging 173 yards a game, number two in the league. How And, and look, you got some injuries. I don't know if uh, Bredesen or Neal are going to play this week, but how much of it is the offensive line? How much of it is Barkley? Bredesen and Neal will not play this week, so oh, um, you go um, you, you go out without a starting right tackle. Now, Evan Neal has, you know, he gave up three sacks to um, Demarcus Lawrence against the Cowboys, but he's been good. You know, he's a he's a, a mountain of a man from Alabama. He is already good, and he'll be really good. Andrew Thomas at left tackle is one of the best left tackles in the league right now. I mean, in his third year, he is terrific. He is quiet. And he, he doesn't make any noise, and he is really good. So um, they have two anchor tackles, I think, that'll, that'll bode well for the next you know 10 years if they stay healthy. But the offensive line is pretty good, but it is Saquon Barkley. He's special. Look, we can debate for two hours tonight, if you want, about should anybody ever take a running back with the second pick of the draft, right? And we can all have our opinions on it. And I think most people would say, no, you know, no, you can wait on him, even with a great player. And that's what Dave Gettleman, the former general manager, did in 2018. And, and you know, let's put that aside. What was Saquon Barkley supposed to do? Say to the Giants, look, I'm a running back. Don't take me number two, okay? His positional value is not there. So, you know, he was taken that high. He had a offensive a rookie, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, as a rookie, he was terrific. 1,300 yards, 91 catches. He was great. And then he has a high ankle sprain his second year. And then he has an ACL in his third year. 
And so, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's fully healthy now. He's leading the league in rushing. Uh, he is averaging five yards a carry. He, you know, can stop on a dime. His legs are still tree trunks. So, you know, he, Barkley and Daniel Jones are not on the contract for next year. It is fascinating to see what they're doing this year, and it'll be even more fascinating to see what the Giants do with them in 2023. Paul, I want to get your your opinion on something, man. We love some Geno Smith over here. I couldn't tell you that in August or <laughs> or uh, July. People were, were doubting him. But right now, he's playing at an extremely high level. I, I like to hear the opinion of people who are outside of our little bubble. Like, is he is, is your perception the same way that we perceive him? Is he playing at the level that, that we think he is? What's the vibe of Geno Smith over there on the East Coast? And, and, and let me let – me, because he was with the Giants in 2017, yep. just – you know, you, you guys got a little taste of him. I'm sure not what you thought he would be right now. Well, let, let's go back even further, okay? I cover the Giants, but I live in New York. So Geno Smith was here in New York with the Jets for four years, right? That was bad, right? That was a bad experience. Um, you know, he was, he was, you know, they couldn't wait to get him out of town by the end. It was his fault. It was the team's fault. It was everybody's fault, right? You know, he was not very good. The team was worse, and it just didn't work out. So, I had that perception of Geno Smith. He is, he is you know, he, he, he's a failure as a quarterback. You know, he came to the Giants. They needed a backup for Eli Manning. Uh, Geno was fine. And he played in one game, and it wasn't his fault. They, he played in one game. Eli Manning started, what, 214 consecutive games. They decide that they need to bench him. It's Geno Smith, for God's sakes, right? You know, it's not his fault. He comes in. He played okay in, in – um, Oakland against the Raiders. They lose. I think it was 21-17. They fire the coach, Ben McAdoo. They fire the GM. Right after that game, they reinstall Eli Manning as, as, as the quarterback, as a starter. And Geno Smith is there like, you know, he's like, he's like the, the, the bad guy. And what the heck did he do? I think Eli had a pretty good relationship with him. And I think that year, if you would ask Geno, that would be fascinating to me. Ask Geno what he thought of that year. Because I think Watching Eli Manning, how he dealt with the media, and more importantly, how he dealt with the game plan, how he prepared, how he studied, I think really helped Geno. Um, I am borderline shocked that he is having this kind of a season. You know, I think most of us thought when they got rid of Russell Wilson and you say we have Drew Locke and we have Geno Smith, I'm thinking, well, you have no quarterback. Um, is he the long-term answer? I don't know. Um, I also get a sense that the running game in Seattle is so good that it is helping Geno immensely. But you know what? The running game in New York is really good, and it's helping Daniel Jones immensely. So um, it'll be fascinating. You know, it's a long season. We'll see. But um, I can see, you know, 74% completion and not a lot of interceptions is pretty darn good. Yes, sir. He is Paul Schwartz of the New York Post, man. We appreciate you staying up and taking time, and you have a safe flight over here, man. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Good talking to you. Appreciate you. All right, coming up next, we will chat with linebacker Jordan Brooks. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bombas with Paul Moyer, presented by Bellevue Collection. We're here at Bellevue Center Court, and right now we got Jordan Brooks on the line. Jordan, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? We're well, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your night. 
We know what the grind is like being at practice, watching film, taking care of the body. So uh, we appreciate you taking time, man. The first thing um, I want to ask you is just how does it feel to have this defense performing at the level that it has um, after a couple of weeks where you guys have struggled a bit? It looks like you guys are in a good place. Oh, it's, it's a good feeling um, to, to be getting on track. Um, I think for us, we just we can't get too high. Um, it can't get too low. Just stay, you know, just stay even and, and just try to keep it progressing each week. Well, two two great performances in a row. But, Jordan, watching the last two weeks, it looks like you're a little more freed up. I, I was it's particularly against Arizona and even last week. It looks like that the guards weren't getting through to you, that defensive linemen were, were holding those guys off, and you were able to run kind of gap-to-gap, sideline-to-sideline. Um, what, what changed over the last two weeks? Because it definitely uh, looked like you were freer to run to the football. Um, I think we just kind of switched up a, just a couple of pretty weeks to how we want to play up front. Um, you know, allow those guys to, to be in pe- better position to do so, to hold blocks. And um, these last two weeks, I think they've been doing great uh, talking about our D line, and um, which is probably why you've seen a little bit more freedom. Hey, Jordan, I never played linebacker, but I talked to my linebacker buddies, and they say, if they were to play behind Al Woods, he'd free him up a little bit to do some work. Uh, what's it like playing uh, behind the big man Al Woods? Uh, it's a blessing, man. Al, Al's a you know a, a great nose guard, man. He, he doesn't probably get the recognition that he deserves because of the position that he plays, but he he's dominant, man. Um, sometimes it can be a little boring playing behind him because he'll go back there and just make the play. And so. <laughs> It's, it's give and take, but it's it's a it's fun playing behind. Well, we just had uh, a reporter from the New York on, and we were talking about the the Giants' running game. They're second in the league. They got 173, 174 yards per game. I mean, obviously Barkley's special, but do they do anything in the running game that's that's unique that you guys got to prepare for? Nothing um, that we haven't seen. Um, it's definitely the guys that they have. Um, you know, Barkley adds a just a unique element to their run game and, you know, his abilities. And so uh, we know the challenge that we got this week. Uh, guys got to tackle well, myself included, and uh, be gap this. Hey, man, tell me about Clint Hurt. You know, we watch him on TV. He seems calm but animated when he talks to you guys. What's he like on the field, and then what's he like in the film room as well? Uh, I, w- I would say he's pretty calm. Um, you know, he has his moments where he can get riled up, you know, when he's coaching with passion. But um, I think for the most part, he's pretty calm. He's a very smart, um, smart man when you talk to him, when you talk ball with him. And so I-, I, was, I, w- I would agree with you in that sense. What's it like having so many rookies a part of, and really being a big part of this team? Because it's unusual, and I, I get it. They're, they're good players, but they're all so young. Um, what, what kind of advice do you give these young guys? I mean, I don't think they need much advice the way they come in and, um, you know, had immediate, immediate success. Uh, I guess the best advice you can give them is just not to – 
get too caught up in the hype and just, you know, stay hungry and just keep doing what they've been doing. Hey Jordan, when you when you show up to VMAC, um, what what's your routine like? Because you know when I play, there were guys who showed up extremely early, um, did a lot of a lot of work on their bodies. There are guys who showed up like right before we're heading to the meetings. With you being a leader on this team, is there anything that you adopted from from Bobby or KJ or any of the other linebackers that you saw um, do what you do? Yeah, um, definitely. Probably the first one in the building, and I got that from Bobby and KJ. Um, my rookie year, it was almost like a race between them two who can get to the facility early. And uh, them guys would get there at 4:30 and 5 o'clock. Uh, at first, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that race. I, I had to get my sleep, but <laughs> I picked it up. I, I picked it up, you know. I, I and I seen, you know, their preparation and and how it paid off for them in their careers, and so. You know, as the, the the years went by, I, I picked that up from them and definitely, you know, try to get there first for anybody. So does that mean that that you go to sleep early? Or are we are we cutting into your your rest <laughs> time right now? No, man, it, it, it depends on the night, but uh, I, I go to sleep at a decent time so I can get up pretty early. Is your body feeling pretty good right now? You guys going to the eighth game of the year. You guys didn't play a lot, obviously, in the preseason. But you're now, you don't come off the field anymore at all. You didn't come off a lot last year, but now you never come off the field. How do you feel physically? Uh, I'm blessed. Um, I feel pretty good. You know, the season's still early. Um, so my body, you know, it's got a little couple nicks and bangs, but I'm, I'm healthy for the most part. I'm great. Jordan, you seem like a uh, a calm, composed guy. If you were mic'd up, you know how to do those mic'd up sessions. <laughs> well, what are we going to hear? Are we going to hear much or are we not going to hear a lot? Man, it, it it depends on the flow of the game, you know. Um, you'll hear me out there for sure. You know, i got to communicate with the guys. But for the most part, yeah, I'm pretty just to myself reserved. Uh, not a lot to say. So you don't have a lot to say to the other team. You're pretty quiet to the offensive lineman because offensive lineman can be. I'm a. Def- I was a safety, so they're they're a pain in the you know what. So, but are you yeah. you're pretty quiet to them. Yeah, I mean that to me the trash talking is just wasting energy for me. Some guys can play that way and it helps them play better. For me, I I rather just line up and play the next play. Uh, getting into you know trash talking. Altercation. I start to lose energy trying to do that, and so I try to reserve as much energy as I can. Hey, man, how's the family uh, back home in Texas, and, and how often do, do they come up to see you during the season? Man, they're actually coming tomorrow. Um, this would be their first game of the season, so I, I, I can't wait to see them. Um, they're all strong and healthy, uh, doing well, so it's going to be exciting to see them come from the town tomorrow. You uh, you you were born, I think, in Dallas, and end up going to to Houston. I, I I taught my kids all moved to Dallas, so they're learning a little bit what uh, Friday Night Lights is all about. So, what has the best football, Houston or Dallas? Oh, oh man, you putting me in a. Ah, uh, you got to answer it though. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is what I'll say. Because Houston's the biggest city, I think they have more talented players. But as far as programs, Dallas Dallas is probably one notch up as far as better schools. But barely. 
<laughs> well, you've been to both, so so you're good. My my kids are in Dallas and in Frisco area, and they're they're trying to figure out where they're going to put their kids. And so uh, I just told them, I go, there's pretty good football out there. You'll you'll find it. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> nice area, by the way, Frisco. Yeah, yeah, I love it out there. Hey, Jordan, this is uh, your your third year in the league. Um, is there anything that you added to your game? Is there something that you felt um, you weren't the greatest at your rookie year that you feel like you've worked on and you've gotten better at? Um, I think it's something that you always work on. For me, like, I'm still striving, you know. I'm, I'm incomplete right now. I'm, I'm working to completion. And so... I'm, I'm still at it every day, trying to get better in every aspect of my game. Even the things that I'm great at, uh, as far as tackling, I want to get better at tackling. I want to get better at punching the ball out, getting interceptions, getting sacks, uh, making a difference for this team. So I'm still working progress, and uh, just working at that every day. All right, Jordan. Well, you get some rest tonight. You be the first one in that facility, like you always do, man. And uh, good luck this weekend. Yes, sir. Appreciate appreciate you guys for having me. All right, thank you. Come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court. We have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue's Collection Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Fogo de Chao, Daniel's Boiler, Cactus, Ascend Prime Steak and Sushi, and Duke Seafood. Be a part of our audience. Join the raffle. We already got some winners here. You guys come join us. All right, when we come back, we're going around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks. Hawks. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9 live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Thanks for joining us on Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. We're here every Thursday on 710 Seattle Sports. I'm Michael Bumbus with Paul Moyer. Right now, we got the playmaker himself, oh, Ryan Bale. Give it up. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Ryan, man, thank you for coming out here and making sure. time for us, man. And uh, my first question, I always ask, well, not always, but I like to ask people at this point of the season, I mean, it's a grind, man. How's the body feeling? Man. How's the mental doing? I mean, it's doing as best as it can, man. You do whatever to take care of your Ferrari, you know what I'm saying? Right. So <laughs> I always got to make sure it gets its oil changes, got to make sure your tire's full and changed out, rotated, so you can go out there and give the best you can, you know what I'm saying? And mentally, hey, I'm, in, I'm in a better place than ever before, you know what I'm saying? It's just it. hungry for more. Love it. You know, listening to Pete Carroll talk about you, talk about that relation. One, he, look, he has an affinity, a love for guys mm-hmm. who, like you that are good football players who are playmakers. And he's talked, I mean, he just said some pretty high praises about you this past game. Just talk about what Pete means to you. Um, I mean, really, he, I owe him everything. You know what I'm saying? I came from Atlanta, uh, got cut from there, but I was under Dan Quinn. And so uh, I kind of already have the familiarity with what they do here and how we run things here. And uh, coming here, man, Pete just, he looks for dogs. You know what I mean? It's just in the history of his of his coaching carousel of the players that he's bringing in, undrafted guys like, you know, Jermaine Curse and just guys who come up from the bottom, Deshaun Sheds and people like that. Like, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a thing he's looking for with everybody he brings in. It's just that grit factor he always talks about. And so um, just being able to come here and him giving me that shot when, when it was time back in 2020, it meant everything to me. And then uh, for just allowing me to keep it moving, is even is even more. So I mean, the relationship with Pete, I owe that man everything. I appreciate him. I uh, I told you after you, you remind me of me. And the reason why I say that is I was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. But I had a coach that just said, Paul, you're a good player. Be a playmaker. Mm. And I I look at Pete. He's kind of saying he looks for a guy. He doesn't care if somebody's drafted in the first round mm-hmm. or a free agent. 
are there coaches that have gotten more out of you than Pete before? I mean, do you respond to a guy like him and says, hey, you just go be you, man. Just go and be a football player. You know, being here, it, like, he's really allowed me to be myself, and that's just, like, character-wise. But the work ethic, like, that's always been the thing. And it, it takes me back to, like I said, when I was in Atlanta with coaches like Marquard Manuel and C-Jack, the first thing they wrote on the board when I got there, because I got there late, was desperation mode. And it was like, every single day that we watch this film, it needs to look like you're desperate to try to make it. And so we would just go down and watch all my scout team reps all the time, and he would just tell me, like, I don't know, that don't, that don't look desperate. Like, if the ball 40 yards downfield, you better be running your butt 40 yards downfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's always something that's just always been a part of me. And then just coming here to allow me to be myself, that's a whole different thing. So I just, you know, I always appreciate him for that, for sure. Man, I was sent um, some clips of reactions on the sideline whenever y'all make plays and it was it was by accident too i ain't gonna front it was by accident it was sent to me and i click on the link and it's like up close i feel like i'm in the game it's hd and i'm watching the way you guys interact with each other and it seemed genuine it seemed real and it seemed like you guys were close how close is this defensive unit i mean shoot this team is closer than ever before i feel like because we just got put on the back burner. You know what I'm saying? Like, from jump, like, nobody expected us to even kind of have any kind of success. Everybody kind of put us on the back burner and thought we wasn't going to be anything. You know what I mean? And that's just across the league, everywhere. And so it's just like when you get in that type of space, you know, it's your back against the wall, and y'all just kind of, like, you gel together because it's like it's us against the world at this point. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of how we feel. And I feel like that's just the best way to go about it, man, which is us against the world. And you know what? I feel that because we do a show from VMAC every Thursday, from 10 to 2, and I get there around 9 o'clock. I don't know what's going on in the meeting room, but that music is loud and oh, y'all yeah. hooting and hollering, man. Oh, yeah. If you can take me in that room uh, without revealing too much, what's going on? Because it sounds like y'all having a good time uh, in there. Well, there's probably a shoot-off going on. In our <laughs> meeting room, we have a basketball hoop, right? And so we'll watch film and say a guy catches a, a, a touchdown pass over a defender, and we don't know if he got two feet in. Coach Carroll will just be like, all right, we're going to have a shoot-off, Ryan Neal and DK. And literally for 30 seconds, we get in the shots. we putting up shots trying to beat each other. Like, that's literally how we roll. Like, we come in, music's blasting. I mean, my first time coming here when I met Pete Carroll, I go in his office, and this is when I actually found out that he's really, like, crazy. I'm like, okay, this guy's crazy. So he has, like, six TVs with football games on, his, like, three computers with the the football games on, whatever, and then he also has loud music just blasting, and I'm like, okay. I sit down, and he's like, he comes to sit down, he's like, hold on, wait a second, I gotta turn this down. I can't hear him, I'm just watching him mouth the words. So I'm like, all right, and he literally turns a knob, like, that much. (laughs) And he sits back down, and I'm in the, like, trying to hear him talking like like this and the, the first time meeting him it, it, that's just the way it is all the time like we are just juiced up at all times like meetings always fun having shoot offs just watching film watching plays around the league playing music like it's just it's the culture of the thing that that's just been here forever and Love it's it. just it's a great thing to be a part of so you have a, a pretty amazing game last week you had seven tackles four passes defense a nice interception mm-hmm. and then pete brings up something it's even crazier. No, the man was sick. So <laughs> how sick were you and what you what were you sick with? Yeah, so uh, all I remember was around like 10 o'clock. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm kind of tired. I need to go to sleep. I go to sleep for two hours and I wake up. I got chills, sweat all over the bed, body aching, and I'm nauseous. I'm like, okay, this is not happening right now. So I can't sleep. I'm rolling over. I'm like, I just I can't sleep. So I take all the pillows off the bed. I grab the blanket, I go sleep on the floor. So now I'm on the floor, and time is just rolling by. So I'm like, I'm just going to get my iPad and watch film because I just, I can't sleep. I'm body hurting, I'm sweating, I'm cold, and the blanket's wet at this point. So now I'm just like using (laughs) hoodies. I'm just like, dude, this is sick. You know what I mean? So 
5, 6.30 rolls around in the morning, and I'm like, okay, we're not leaving the hotel till 10 a.m. for the game, so I need to try to at least sleep for an hour or two. And so I fall asleep from, like, 6 to, like, 7.30, and I wake back up. I'm just like, all right, still nauseous. I'm like, okay, this ain't good. Text the trainer. I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I'm feeling crazy. I'm not eating nothing, don't want to drink anything. Every time I eat, I feel like I want to throw up. So I go to the, you know, for the stadium, and they give me all the, you know, the medicines, the Tylenols, the IV bags, and I ate probably a half of a Uncrustable and a whole thing of Pedialyte, and went out there and just played the game, and like literally, that's just how it went. <laughs> like I wasn't even thinking nothing else of it. You yeah, know? there, there are some people who can play injured. Mm-hmm. There's some people who can play, and there's some who cannot. Have you always been that guy? There's some guys who, are, when they're wounded, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a wounded animal. That I mean, they're really super focused. Right. Have, have you always been that way? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I mean, we football players. You already know, you play tons and tons of games through some things that a lot of people wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like it's the nature of the game you play, and it's been that way since since I was a little boy so I mean to me it was just like you know hey it's one of those times you know what I mean and even in the football season we're playing now though you watch it on TV we all like we flying around but half these guys are out there playing like with band-aids on right. for real like you know what I mean like things are really wrong but they got to go out there and they got to do that and the only way you get through it is just by just focusing on what's going on and that's what I was telling people like it was just every play I'm like I have to play with my eyes I can't waste any steps I need all the energy I need you know what I mean and so I just felt like when when you get in the spots like that even later in the season you just got to focus more and that's what guys tend to do and you got to dig deep and find a way to keep fighting you know what you had your Jordan flu game. Oh man, I appreciate it. <laughs> Jordan that. flu game. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Crazy thing is, I wore a North Carolina Michael Jordan shirt to the game, which Come was wild. Oh, I was just like, all right, what? It was the most crazy <laughs> thing ever. I swear. I was like, okay, this That's is wild. dope. I, yeah. I heard you were at the you're on the sideline one time. You were thrown up into a trash can, yeah. and uh, the crowd was chirping at you. What yeah. was they saying to you? <laughs> they were bleh, bleh. they were doing that, and I was just like, this. Come on, help me throw up because throw up noise makes me throw up. So they just bleh, they just doing all that. I mean, they was into it. I was just like, all right, cool, and then. I look up, we about to get on the field. I'm like, oh, okay, got to go. Through my talent thing, it just took off running. Right back to work, man. Yeah. What's it like coming to work every day, especially with a unit that has been doubted all year? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And to have you guys have the success that you have now, um, I would assume that it's, it's easy to stay hungry yeah. because um, you've had everybody doubt you, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a hungry group, and the group is young and hungry. Like, we got some young, hungry dogs in our room. I mean, I can go all the way down. I mean, Tariq and, and Kobe and, and, and Joey Blunt. You got Boy Mafe. I mean, it's just the list of those guys. They are some incredible dudes, incredible young men who kind of work every single day looking for a way to get better. Blunt is low-key a sniper on special teams, Let me teams tell y'all too. something. Joey Blunt, yeah. y'all going to love that man. And he got on 35, if y'all don't know. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that that whole class, I mean, Kenneth Walker and the two tackles, I, I mean, it's, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah. And the cool thing about them is that they're eager and that they're hungry and that they're willing to listen, and none of them have a big head. They're all just, like, ready to get back to it. Yeah. And, when you got a group like that and they're young like that, it makes you excited and it makes you better. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, if they gon' they're gonna respect the leader who balling, so you gotta do your thing. So it's just like, you know, across the board, it's just it's a cool thing to be a part of, especially for the defense and we got great leadership and guys like Al Woods and Quandre did, yeah. my dog, like he one of the best leaders ever, keeping the you know, keeping the group together and keeping us rolling forward, you know what I yeah. mean? So it's just a beautiful thing. 
Well, the 12s are pretty excited about this. I mean, you said it started with an S and ended with a T at the press conference. <laughs> that people didn't think, you know, you guys were going to be that S yeah. word. Um, <laughs> you guys are you're more than that, obviously. Yeah. And Gino's a big part of it. But I think the defense, the talent's there. Mm-hmm. You guys figuring out this 3-4 and the last two weeks has looked pretty good in the running game. But mm-hmm. you guys got a test this week. You oh, got yeah. Barkley and, and the Giants. Look, I, we were watching. We were talking about the film. They don't do anything great. They don't do anything bad mm-hmm. um it, it's going to be a tough game for you but just talk about that challenge this well, week you are. i mean they got talented guys and saquon and daniel jones two talented people especially saquon with that rock in his hands he's dangerous but the team the, the, the whole focus of them is they want to be more physical than anybody that's always been the new york mentality and that's what they do on the film you know what i mean they hang in the game and they continue to just pound you over and over and over again until they just wear you out and win it in the fourth so we already know coming into this game what it's going to be you know what i mean it's going to be a dog fight from start to finish they saying the weather's going to be very seattle-ish so Nice. We already know what that's going to be like. So it's just we already know what we're looking forward to, and we got to just strap it up and hit them for all four quarters, and that's just what it's going to be. You say they want to be a, a physical team. I think you mm-hmm. guys have become a physical team, and mm-hmm. is that something you guys talk about? Oh, every day. I mean, that's just that's our literally our code. Like we got to out physical everybody, got to out hit everybody. That's just the way the game is going to be, and that's all started from the L.O.B. and before, you know what I mean? They set that example of, no, you got to punish these opponents. When you make these hits, they got to feel it, you know what I mean? Because down after down, as Beast Mo said, nobody wants to have that over and over and over right. and over again. So it's just like you got to – that's a, the that's a standard they set, and that's what we live by. It's kind of like the Mariners uh – I think the the 12s are they love this team. They, mm-hmm. they love the players and what you guys stand for. But I'm going to bring you back to basketball because mm-hmm. you mentioned that the he, first time Pete he, he threw you out there. We've had Charles Cross on. We've had Abe Lucas. We've we every person we've had on have said <laughs> they're the best basketball player in the history of the game. <laughs> um, who's the best shooter on the team? Oh, they said that about themselves? Yeah, yeah. Everyone who sat on that couch says they are Every, the best. And by the way, focus. everybody who sat on that couch had their best game of the year, so it's looking good for you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you first and foremost, I, I play football, okay? I'm not a basketball <laughs> player. Never been. People always cried about me fouling on them and hacking, so I went and played football. But I can tell you, every last one of those dudes lied because I've seen them all shoot. They can't shoot. So, you know, they, none of them, no, nah, not even close. Who is the shooter? Who is the shooter? All right, let me see. Puna Ford can shoot. Yeah. Uh, Tyler. Oh, Tyler really can shoot. Um, I saw a video with Drew Locke uh, splashing yeah, him today. Yeah, Drew Locke, all right. Drew Locke, all right. And, uh, did I say Puna Ford already? Yeah. Uh, Don Corr, when he get his mind right, he can shoot. He's actually he's uh, actually uh, a former okay. professional player. Uh, who's the best of the DBs? Quandre. I'll give really? Quandre. I'll yeah. give the Quandre. He, man, he's quiet about it. Nah. No, to, to us. <laughs> not to you guys. Yeah, okay. Nah, yeah, I'll I give it to Quandre. He got the best shot for sure. All right. Heck yeah. What's up? Pete, does Pete shoot too? He gets, he gets down. Nah, is Pete a lefty? He's a lefty, right? I, I think he is. I think I'm seeing him shoot one time. He probably made about a good four. He yeah. did. He did pretty good. Yeah, I think he shot maybe two years ago. He did pretty good though, because we made him shoot because he never does. We was like, no, nah, I get up there and shoot. <laughs> he started shooting. I was like. All right, you can shoot. Like you should. We have another basketball hoop in the indoor facility. It's a real court, and he stands about thirty yards away and throws a football. Today, I I swear to God, he sunk three just from thirty yards out. Splash I him. swear. I was like, <laughs> Coach, I'm. They're gonna drug test That's you. That's pretty good. <laughs> like I promise you. Like don't do that. Like for did, real. Did he have his gloves on? Oh no, he just. Mm, 
like nothing, 30 yards away. That's that's, pr- that's, that's what he does. It is. Well, you know, he likes to go out with his 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 gloves, right? Oh, yeah. You know, he, yeah, he, he got the gloves on when he plays scout team quarterback for he, sure, though. And, <laughs> yeah. and he, all right, last question for you. You've been out here a couple of years now. You're you're not from the Northwest. What do you love to do here during your time off? Man, I love hiking and seeing the views here, man. Where I'm from, I mean, I'm from Indiana. If y'all know anything, it's cornfields up and down the entire state. So that's <laughs> yeah. all you see. Um, but I mean, you guys have a beautiful place up here. I mean, when I first got up here, I just I couldn't believe it. Right. You know what I mean? Just being surrounded by mountains, all this water. I mean, I've been on a bunch of hikes since I've been out here, and I mean, that's just like my favorite thing to do. I just like get lost in it. Um, being in nature is cool for me. It's kind of a thing to help me deal with anxiety, help me reset. And uh, I always find time to make that time to go out there and kind of just, you know, zen out, just be at, you know, be at peace with myself, be at peace with God, and just appreciate everything. You know what I mean? So that's like my favorite thing to do, though, man. I love the views awesome. here, man. It's, I've been to the Space Needle like four times. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, I love it out here for real. It's, it's dope. Hey, well, we love your game, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your day. Sure. Give it up one more time for Ryan yeah, Neal. Appreciate it, y'all. Thank you. You've become a 12 favorite, man. It's yeah. been fun to watch. And I love the 12s, man. I do. I appreciate y'all for sure. There we go. All right, when we return, we'll go around the NFL. That's next right here on Hawks Live.